and welcome back to the Unsettling Knowledge Podcast, Season 3, 2022. Today we have Part 2 of our episode on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. If you haven't already had the chance, do tune in to Episode 1, in which we speak to scholars to learn more about the historical background to the invasion. Today, however, we welcome Maria Boba, who is Ukrainian and living in the Netherlands. She has been gracious enough to share her insights with us and tell us a little about the impact of the invasion and what it means to her. Can you tell me a little bit, can you introduce yourself and tell me who you are and what you're doing here in the Netherlands and uh, yeah, a little bit about you? Hi, my name is Maria. We are living uh, with my family in Amsterdam for almost three years. Uh, My husband got an offer, so we moved here with our daughter and two cats. It's very important about cats, yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, I'm not working. Uh, I'm studying Dutch and also in online uh, culinary academy and dreaming to open Ukrainian restaurant in Netherlands. So I have a master's degree in journalistics, but it was long ago. So you are here in Amsterdam. Uh, Were you surprised three weeks ago when Putin invaded? Because I've talked to scholars and some of them were saying it was very clear. Uh, And then somebody in Ukraine, uh, she's there with her her father at the moment, was saying it was so clear Putin was going to invade. And other people have said, no, it's a complete surprise. They had no idea. Uh, Were you expecting this? Did it come as a surprise? Yeah, I mean, all news were showing us that he will. But it, it was a great surprise that he did it. All of Ukrainians uh, cannot sleep, cannot eat. We are checking news every every minute. We have uh, lots of chats now with our friends and relatives who are there. Like every day I'm writing, writing to everybody, how are you, where are you, if you're safe or alive. And it's driving crazy. And... That must be absolutely awful. I can't even imagine. And uh, I mean, we're watching and wondering how we can help. And also uh, more people know more about Ukraine than ever before. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I know Ukrainian language will be more popular now than Russian or English. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. I think you're right. Actually, I think more people can see Ukraine on a map and know what it is uh, than than ever before. But it's a horrifying thing, uh, the, the reason for it. and. I mean, so one thing that interests me as a historian I, is, does Putin, is this a Cold War thing? Is he angry with NATO, do you think? Or does he see himself as an emperor, uh, almost in the way of Catherine the Great, or somebody who wants to completely reestablish the Russian Empire? How, how do you see that? Yeah, it's really related to empire very remotely because Putin is a former KGB officer. His personality formed in the height of Cold War. So he is 74 now. And he was an intelligence officer in in Eastern Germany. And he is a refined byproduct of the Cold War. So in his mind, he has a conflict with the USA fighting for Russia's zone 
of influence as Europe was divided after the Second World War. And he lives in this period of history, but not in nowadays, not in 2022. And the imperial aspect sometimes takes place in propaganda to make his claims more legitimate. So Russia is trying to appeal to common history with Ukraine more than 100 years ago and common roots and that sort of thing. And the question of being an emperor is a point is irrelevant because he has more power than any Russian emperor in history uh, regarding Kievan Rus. And so again, it's part of propaganda. We have numberless facts in history and just um, by playing these facts we can build up any propaganda narrative to back up and crazy terror. Yeah, you know, actually, one of the the scholars uh, that I was just talking to, who, who is a scholar of, of Putin, said he once described himself as a rat. And and the scholar said, when you get a rat in a corner in a trap, they are mean and vicious. I, I just as a reflection on Putin, and and he said so. So he will use anything. Uh, he will use these narratives. He will use any excuses he can. I I have heard it. Um, the, the second question I had that I wanted to ask you about was actually this thing about, I kept seeing in the media, oh, Ukraine is European. That's why we should, or not why we should help, but, but you know, Ukraine is part of Europe. Uh, we have to go and support them. And, um, and then this actually irritated me a little bit, I guess, because we should help because we should help not because ukraine is part of europe or uh, and i wondered how you felt about that and and there was one particular comment that i really got upset about uh and it said um oh ukraine is relatively civilized and relatively european and i thought that seems really arrogant i don't know how you felt about the media coverage so far I'm also sad because Ukraine is always aboard of other countries, but uh, uh, geographically it's in the center of Europe. And maps uh, and history are not lying. How do you feel about Ukraine sometimes being described as European, sometimes not? And is that even important at the moment? It looks like arrogance, nothing else. Ukraine may not be a perfectly developed country, but it's clearly a European country and definitely a democracy. Yeah. How does it feel as someone from there, seeing other people talk about Ukraine so much? Now, hopefully, um, this attention in uh, newspapers now uh, will play a great role uh, in Ukrainian future and Ukraine will receive all help and support and finally go to U uh, European Union um, because now Ukraine is a shield for the whole Europe and if they just just uh, cannot close the sky or help us and then Putin will go further he is already planning to go to Latvia, Lithuania, and 
other countries. Yeah, no, it seems it seems quite clear. And Olga Klimenko, who is another uh, person I talked to, said uh, that Putin says whatever he can to justify the fact that he just wants to expand and he wants power. And she also said, first it's first it's Ukraine, and then, as you said, it's Latvia, it's Lithuania, uh, and I. So I completely appreciate that that point and that perspective. This discussion about different empires here, we should uh, be very precise uh, with the context, and it depends on the historical period and the region in question. So all countries have been developing at different uh, pace uh, throughout history, and there is no easy answer. As for Ukraine, despite being independent for only 31 years, uh, we have always been a part of Europe. So parts of Ukraine were in different periods, included in several European states like Austria, Poland, Russia, Lithuania, and the Ukrainian nation has always been included in European cultural, political contents uh, in one of other way. And about uh, like nearly civilized, 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 yes. So <laughs> or <laughs> it's. Uh, it's like bullying or what? <laughs> so, um, question is not very clear. Despite having a somewhat weak economy and other issues, Ukraine is definitely European and democratic country. All democratic institutions are present and operational. We already had six different presidents since proclaiming our independence in 1991. Since uh, then we have regular uh, parliamentary elections uh, when the outcome is completely unpredictable, unlike in Russia. And during this 31-year ruling party coalition, prime minister has changed more times that we can remember really. And uh, we can definitely pick a few leaves from the Netherlands books and try to make our state bureaucracy as effective, for instance, or decrease the level of corruption and things like that. But culture-wise, Ukraine is Europe. That's a powerful statement and uh, and a compelling one. And I I I saw that comment and I was so shocked. I was like, "What are you even talking about?" Uh, but yeah, the, what a bullshit. The well, the reporter then had to uh, apologize publicly on air for for saying that, which I, I you know it doesn't make it much better. But the reporter did apologize. And um, now not all, all people can understand what. Uh, it's happened uh, what happened in, in Ukraine but for example um, I had a contact with a journalist and he asked me to some contact from Ukraine to make an interview and so my friend uh, had an interview and that uh, journalist asked a question uh, what are you going to do when Russian troops will come to Kiev what does it mean when Maybe if or no, it's bluntness. How can you even think about it? Or how can you ask people who are there in Ukraine struggling, sitting in bomb shelters, how can you ask them when Russian troops will be? 
uh, our yeah. people are so gathered together now and our army is so, so strong and they have all support from people so the question when is a wrong question question maybe when um russians will run away from ukrainian territory uh, how far ukrainian army can uh, go to, to to shut them when they're running away you know what i mean so that it that yes those are fighting words those are courageous words and actually that's something that has been tremendous uh, is the courage of the ukrainian people and i didn't ask this in my email to you, but I have um, heard such admiration for Zelensky for, for your president. And uh, I wonder if you what you think about his leadership at the moment. Uh, it's a complicated question. I don't know how to ask uh, answer properly because um, it was not our choice. Um, and for now, some people are making him a hero. He is acting like this, uh, but I don't want to people to forget that he has lots of um, people to help him. So it's leaders of army, it's volunteers, it's okay, maybe his press secretary and advisors and other stuff. So it's not only his. Um, fight or his win in the end it's about not about one president it's about all community all ukrainian people that is a great reminder mm -hmm. um and i know you have pressing calls and and you have given me so much of your time already and so much of your perspective i know i don't know enough about ukraine and about the current crisis so i would like to ask you what would you like people to know? What is one thing that you think is absolutely vital that people should know at this moment? Um, and also, what is one practical way that people can help? Ukraine is a very beautiful country. And everyone should come and see how beautiful and various is it. And hopefully we can do it soon and it will be even more better with new European roads, new buildings, new infrastructure, new schools, European schools, because I believe that it will become a part of European Union and all our relatives and friends will survive. Uh, and help to rebuild so i don't know food is delicious um, <laughs> people are cheerful and hospitality and so everything was good in ukraine except in some corruption or other stuff here yeah, or but uh, i hope european union will help to to deal with all that to improve ukraine make it more popular <clears throat> because it's really Asian country my heart is bleeding that I when I'm looking at news and see that Russian troops are going to destroy our Asian churches uh, Kiev it's 1500 years old 
it's twice older than Amsterdam. That's phenomenal. I I I kind of want to go right now, but I hope that this will indeed be possible in the future. And I do wish you good luck with opening your restaurant, uh, Maria. And you can oh, you sign so me sign yeah. me up as the first client. Uh, okay, deal. It will be perfect. Yeah, it's a deal. Um, but I think, look, I really I know what I don't know and what you do know. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Yeah, thank you for asking. Thanks again for joining us on the Unsettling Knowledge Podcast. I'm Rachel Gillette, coming to you from Utrecht University. I'd like to thank Maria Bober for joining us on this episode and letting us hear her perspective, especially at such a critical time. We stand with you and we thank you for speaking to us, Maria. For our listeners, please check out the information box where you can find links and more information on ways to help refugees assist our Ukrainian colleagues and friends as they face this terrible crisis and to find out more about the history going into this. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks to Malina Yelanki for production credits, and we hope everybody's keeping safe. We'll see you for our next episode.